We'll uh, open it up to Acts chapter 12, verse 24. And I'm going to, I'm going to be in Acts a lot. And I'm going to, I'm going to have it up on the screen as much as possible. Hopefully that, that helps. But Acts 12, 24. And you can just, yeah, it's, it's up there right now. Would you just read this aloud with me? But the word of God increased and multiplied. I love that statement. And it comes at, a, at an important point in, in Acts. And I feel that it actually sums up pretty well the, the heartbeat or the core of what God the Holy Spirit is doing through his church. The word of God multiplying and increasing in the cities and beyond is God's means of transforming hearts, of of transforming indeed the entire world. The word of God being preached, increasingly preached and proclaimed, multiplying more and more people doing that, moving towards fruit. The goal of this talk is that God would birth in you or rekindle fire for this very thing, that that he would rekindle in us, our church, a fire to see the word of God increase in our city. And I don't know exactly what application that'll have for you, but I, I that is my prayer. And and we have this vision statement. Glor- we want to glorify God by multiplying worshipers of Jesus and healthy churches in the Twin Cities and beyond. And it's going to take a move of the Holy Spirit for us to do that. But that is our heartbeat. And I, and I hope that it, it's stirred in you this morning through this. So I just want to pray one more time for God to, to help us in that. Father, we ask right now that through this time, you would do what only you can do. Yes, Lord. Lord, you took a, a fearful group mm-hmm. of disciples and you saw, uh, saw that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and Lord, you told them that they would indeed be your witnesses and, and that it would go to the ends of the earth. And indeed it has. And Lord, we're asking that through this little group that you would empower us and fill us in such a manner that these cities would be transformed and that we would glorify you in great ways. Bless us, God. Rekindle a fire in our hearts for any of us who feel like our mouths have been shut by the evil one and we've been fearful or anything like that. We just pray that we would be, we would be in tune with what your Holy Spirit is doing from then until now and until you come. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So again, we'll be in Acts a lot, uh, but I want to quickly just kind of bring some... Um, thought around just like multiplication in creation. Just think with me for a minute about every, all the multiplication you see. Think of cells and how they work. They're, they're, it's crazy how they multiply. It's absolutely, especially little babies. Trees, humans, like there's multiplication everywhere you look. I want to just show you a picture of what I saw this weekend in the forest. Uh, just insane how nobody's like in there making this thing happen. Yeah. It's just multiplying from moss to the trees. Actually, we read about this one tree, the jack pine, which waits to drop its seed until some disaster, like fire or something yeah. happens. And then it drops them to, so that it keeps on reproducing. Multiplication is written into the DNA of creation 
And it seems like creation is just bursting with this desire to multiply at all costs. At, <laughs> like it'll, it'll die before it ceases to multiply, right? Um, who wrote that DNA into the, into the world and into creation? Our triune God, right? Think of Genesis. You know, we see this. The spirit is hovering over the waters, just eager and ready to, to uh, do exactly what the father via the son speaks into existence, just like that. And, and, and God, most miraculously, he stamps on human beings his image. God multiplies himself. We see that in scripture. God multiplies himself. There's something in God that cannot help but just burst out his love. And it's just like expanding into every inch of the universe, you know. And uh, this, he, he, not only did he stamp his image on human beings, he, he blessed us at the very beginning and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. He gave us the capacity to multiply, he showed us like this is, Part of my image, part of me, is uh, that I'm a multiplying God. I just explode with more. And he said, you're going to do the same thing. He stamped it on us, right? He gave us this capacity. You know, and animals as well. Um, but as we all know, like gangrene or a wildfire, when sin entered the world, it spread instead of the image of God. It was the multiplying force. There are multiplying forces in the world, right? And some are for good and some are for evil. Um, but that was until God intervened that there was this unquenchable, you know, multiplication of sin. God intervened. He entered into humanity. And what did he do? He started a new multiplication effort. He started to recreate everything via his life, death, resurrection. His life was poured out like a seed went into the ground, he rose, he ascended. And he, before he went, he commissioned the disciples and he said, you are going to go and be my witnesses and make disciples. In other words, multiply all that I am. You're going to multiply this. Uh, you're going to multiply my image. You're going to make disciples of me. Not just one Jesus, but millions of representations of Christ on the earth. And, uh, and then at Pentecost, friends, he did that. He poured out his spirit, and I love how he did it. He lit us up. He lit up the church like little flames. He put these little flames over us to indicate <laughs> that, that you are a new aspect. Like you're going you're gonna to move in God's name. Like you're going to, you have the spirit within you like fire to go and multiply everywhere around the world, the name and image of Jesus. And I just find that to be so incredible. I forgot. I wanted to show you one other image. I found these other little monsters in the, in the forest there. I have no idea where they multiplied from, but um, <laughs> we, but we, that was supposed to be back then, but I, I get out of course here. Um, okay. Uh, ultimately friends, God's, God's multiplication cannot be contained. What he wants to do in the earth is sure to happen. Uh, God wants to spread his glory on earth and he wants to do it through his word. That's why he put his spirit on the disciples and he told them that they would be witnesses. Now I want you to look with me.
at how this played out in the book of Acts. We're going to just go through a bunch of different scriptures, and I'll, I'll give the scripture. If you can get there in your Bibles, that's awesome. If you're not there, you can just look up on the screen. But you, uh, Acts 1.8, Jesus says this to his disciples, and this is in line with, with the commission that he gave that we are, that's so famous in Matthew 28. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the Lord spoke with confidence. I love that he, he says you, the Holy Spirit will come up upon you and you will be my witnesses uh, to the ends of the earth. It's not like a, if you, it's like a will. The Holy Spirit actually produces multiplication, produces multiplication of the word of God. That's what's supposed to happen. Um, there's no stopping it. Now listen to Acts, go to Acts 4, 29 and 30. And, and I just want to remind you, uh, or just quickly mention, I'm going to go through a bunch of different Acts passages here. And my, I want to show you kind of the heart and the, 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 the heart of multiplication and just sort of how that's playing out. Um, so that's why I'm, I'm jumping into all these different passages. Acts 4, 29 and 30. This is right after persecution uh, has come to Peter and, and another disciple. They prayed and they said this, Now, Lord, look upon their, their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word, to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus so their heartbeat, even in the face of persecution, is that God's word would not be contained because they know that the word is the power for multiplication. They want to see the word multiplied. Now look at Acts chapter 6, verse 7. This is just after deacons have been, been appointed. It says that, uh, what does it say? The word of God in, continued to increase and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. Look at that. The word of God continued to increase to the end that more and more disciples are coming into the faith. Look at Acts 8 with me. This is just after Stephen, the first martyr, dies. We're told there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Now, those who were scattered went about doing what? Preaching the word. Well, maybe it's not there. <laughs> Sorry. It says they went about preaching the word. Where? In Judea, in Samaria. Now, I don't know if it was because of their disobedience that they, you know, the persecution came and they got spread, or if that was just what happened. But they weren't upset about it. They, wherever they went, wherever they were spread to, they kept preaching the word. The word of God is multiplying the Holy Spirit in them is moving them to do, to do this witnessing, just as the Lord promised is going to, to the ends of the earth. Now I want you to look at uh, how church planning began to play out as, as this word is spreading. I'm going to read a little bulkier passage here, and you can open there with me if you would. Acts 11, 19 to 26. It will also should be up there. Yeah, you, you, you're doing great. Thank you. Um, it says this. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists also, preaching the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord 
The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Notice this. They then get behind sending Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad. He exhorted them or pastored them or taught them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man full of the spirit and of faith. And a great many people were added to the Lord. It seems like his ministry is flourishing. People are growing and the the church is being strengthened. But he says, I can't do it alone. So it says, Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. When he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and they taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. As far as I know, this is the first church plant of the Jerusalem church, right? There may have been other churches that had happened uh, in Jerusalem. Like there might've been other little churches in Jerusalem, but it says the church of Jerusalem sent Barnabas. And then all of a sudden there's this church that arises as, as they're meeting and growing there. So there's this church that happens. A couple things to note from this is, sorry, one second. I want us to, to first see that the gospel began to spread to other kinds of people, not just Jews, but Greek-speaking, Greek-cultured Jews, and it would continue to the Gentile, praise the Lord. Um, but the second thing is this church planning strategy, if you will, of these early Christians. They engaged the city with the gospel. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on three things that I, I think start to happen in multiplication of churches. The strategy of the early church is that they first go into a city and they start preaching the gospel. They engage the city with the gospel. They go in and they preach. The word is multiplying. The second thing is they made disciples. It says a good number of people believed and became disciples of the Lord. So they seem to, they start coming around. They believe they're, they're a part of it and they're growing up. And then the third thing is they plant a church. It seems that because of Barnabas and then Paul coming, several elders there strengthening, pastoring them, a church is planted. It's called the church. One other thing to note, they formed a team. It's not a, it's not a single guy. Barnabas didn't do it alone, but he, he, called, he called out Saul who, who had been recently transformed and he brought him in to help them grow up. And this is a continued pattern in Acts. Anywhere where church is planted, there seems to be a plurality of elders, which is why we do what we're doing on our team. Text tells us they, they met for a whole year and were strengthened as a church. It's very important to, to note that with multiplication, is not just, it's, it's not just a like really wide <laughs> ambition. Also deep, Right? Multiplication is meant we want to grow strong disciples. We want to grow strong, healthy churches. It's in our vision statement. Healthy churches. I hope you feel that at this church, that we're aiming to go deep with you. And they did that. But the word of God continued to increase and multiply. We're going to go there in just a second. But before we go there, just back to our first Acts 12-24 passage but the word of God increased and multiplied. I just want to make mention of this really quick because this, this statement comes right after we learn about Herod dropping dead after he gives, they're saying, he's a God and not a man. And he's, oh yeah, praise me. And he drops dead. And then the next statement is, but the word of God increased and multiplied. Mm-hmm. Just notice the, the, on the one hand, the multiplication of people trying to gain glory for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
the serpent's seed, as you were, like, as it were, versus this group of people who are like, not us, but to him be the glory. The word of God increases. And that is what we're all about. Why the vision statement, we aim to glorify God by doing these things. All the, the multiplying of worshipers of Jesus and healthy churches is to the end that God would be glorified, not APC or anyone else, but that he would be glorified. Now, Acts 13, 1 to 3. There were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a longtime friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Seems like the elder team has grown in Antioch. Five of them. That's interesting. Right now we have five guys. I don't know. (laughs) They were worshiping the Lord and fasting. I will comment on this later, but friends, this is where everything starts. Tony and Emily have been telling me lately. They're like, guys, none of this is happening without the fact that we started praying diligently for God to raise up more laborers to go. They were praying and fasting, and guess what? The Holy Spirit speaks, and he says, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. And First Baptist Church of Antioch had planted or sent their first missionaries. Just kidding. That is a stupid uh, thing. I don't care about Baptists, whatever. Anyway. But they sent, they sent their first missionaries. They had, they had multiplied shepherds which seems to always be necessary as a church is growing. I hope you see, we're trying to raise up more leaders. So there's these leaders growing, and then God speaks to this church that has grown more healthy and strong, and he says, it's time to to multiply. Just remember, the Holy Spirit is the one doing this, guys. The Holy Spirit is the one that has been causing multiplication to happen in our church. The Holy Spirit is what's going to bring about more multiplication from this day forward. The Holy Spirit in us is the one that keeps kind of some of us have this urge when we're in our neighborhood. Like I just have to go and share or I just have to go and plant this church or I have to multiply. We have to do more. That's not you. That's the Holy Spirit in you with this jealous desire for the glory of God. So he speaks and says, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul. And here we see God, uh, God helping the church to multiply and plant other churches. Now, look at Acts 14, 21 to 23. This is, this is uh, as they've gone out, Barnabas and, and, and Paul. It says they preached the gospel to that city. Remember this, they engaged the city. They preached the gospel to that city. And they made many disciples. That's number two stage. And then... They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And they appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting to committed to the Lord. So there's this, again, this amazing strategy of engage the city, make disciples, plant churches happening in Acts, which I, I just think we cannot underemphasize when we talk about multiplication of our church, we don't want to get this thing wrong. We don't want to have it backwards. So much church planning is, is it starts with, you know, where, where are we going to go and what building, what space are we going to worship in? And when do we put out the flyers for the launch Sunday kind of ideas? And that's just not what we see in Acts. Like it's not just like a trying to launch more 
Christian services, right? It's, it's a, it's a, we go and we engage the city with the gospel. I'm not, and I'm not, don't hear me that like all that's terrible that every, everyone that doesn't do it perfectly is, is not a church or something. But I do think it's important that we as a church get this order right. Church planning and multiplication should start with us engaging, looking for ways we engage our neighbors, the city, making disciples through them, and then that church, healthy churches would come out of that. And, I, and I'll just say, to nuance this well, like, understandably, there are a lot of Christians all over the place. It's not like we're making brand new disciples in every scenario. We, mm-hmm. we sometimes are just helping people that have not been a part of a church or really invested in a church join a church. So that may feel a little odd to... You know, how does that work into this whole order? Um, okay, so they engage the city. They plant churches. They go on to the next church. And friends, this is the story that just continues all through the book of Acts, all the way up to chapter 28, that they're multiplying and doing... The, the word of God is increasing and multiplying and churches are being planted and amazing transformation. People burning, you know, <laughs> millions of dollars worth of books, magic books, right? And all kinds of crazy stuff is happening as the word of God goes mm-hmm. forward. And all the way up to today, as we're living in this Acts 29 era, if you will, uh, where God just continues to build his church. Now, uh, here we are today, and God, God has, I want to zoom in to right now, God put a little, a little flame, maybe a big flame on Sam Joy, and he, he called, you know, Sam called Ross, he was like, bro, come and do this with me, and, and out of this, you know, them and their, uh, well, Joanna, and then eventually, you know, I was going to say their wives, but it was a process, so... <laughs> So they, they came together, they came together and they started this thing. And here we are five years later. And I can say that God has indeed multiplied his word here. The word of God continues to increase and multiply. We just spent all this time talking about how to multiply the word with, with individuals in our DNA groups, mm-hmm. you know, that people would be discipled and, and be submitted to the Lord Jesus. People are growing and maturing in ways that I just can't even believe. It's absolutely incredible. We, we talked about it downstairs. But from the beginning, we've had this passion to multiply, friends. Ross, from the very beginning, was like, I'm going to plant in Frogtown. And that's not, the, that's not where he's at right this moment. But, but there's, there's been dreams of, of multiplying. Why? Because we see this all over the Bible. People want to multiply. And how have we multiplied? We've multiplied MCs. We've multiplied in new believers coming in. We've, we've seen multiplication. We've sent out the, the Schmitz and Beth Lane, and they've, they've seen some amazing, uh, some amazing grace as they've gone on this mission to multi- multiply. But we haven't yet seen a church plant come out of these endeavors. And here's, here's where I want to focus in a little bit. I'm going to focus in for the next little bit here on, on both MCs and, and uh, church plant. But I'll just say this. In the last year or so, it has been as we, every time we get together as pastors, praying, praying and fasting, we, on the forefront of our minds is when is God going to produce a new church plant out of us? When, when is this thing going to multiply in a, in a greater way so that, so that a hub church can continue to multiply? 
that's been in our hearts. And I believe that it's a unique longing that he's stirring in us to see another church planted. And I, I want to say, like, how, how exactly does that work with, with our MCs and, and what we're doing? Well, it, it has always been our, our desire, I think, with the pattern of Acts to, through, through missional community groups, to engage the city, to make disciples. And our hope has been that out of those, that God would just do, his kingdom would explode through that work and that God would birth a church out of those, out of those movements. That is our desire. But we haven't seen that yet, that sort of movement. And I think that one of the reasons that we haven't seen it like that, among many, is that we haven't trained or talked that explicitly or consistently about that, that sort of desire. We haven't had that sort of like trajectory in our speech. Do you agree with that? And maybe until recently, that, that's not been the common thread of what we do in our MCs or the idea. And we want to do that more. We want to talk more like this as leaders, that, that God would help us as MCs to, to see movements birth multiplication movements birth to the end that a church would be planted. I also want to say that right now, when we talk about church planning, we we are thinking about leaders, individuals, geography. We haven't landed on any of that stuff. And and we're we're still praying through each of those details. And we would invite you to pray with us. We're actually going away on a pastor's retreat next weekend to spend a lot of time around this conversation. And so I'll just ask you to pray with us. But Right now, I can say that there's a couple guys that are very interested on the pastoral team. And, and uh, I don't, again, I don't know how all that's going to play. I don't know who's going to go. But we are dreaming about, in addition to the grassroots sort of M- MC multiplication strategy, we are thinking about maybe we need to send out some of our pastoral team for a concerted effort towards church planning. It would be the same strategy. Engage the city make disciples, plant a church, but it would be a more concerted effort. We are trying to, even in our community, saying we want to plant a church. We're hoping that this, this comes out. So, and part of the question is, is even right now on the, uh, this is a little bit scrambled. I hope you can follow along, but, but we're, even, we're even asking right now, like which, which areas we, sh- we, should, we should be focusing on. You know, and, and we're thinking right now about where all of you guys are. Sam is going to share in just a few minutes about where each of you are geographically and how we can most be, be most strategic in, in mobilizing you and using those who are close together in ge- ge- geographic areas to try to multiply the gospel. And, and one of the questions coming out of this meeting is for you is simply to ask, am I ready and willing to go or do whatever the Lord Jesus would have me to do? For the sake of the gospel spread. So I want to close by answering some of the common questions that arise when churches and, you know, and MCs begin talking about multiplication. One, I think a question that maybe is not as common here, but, but is a common question is why new churches when there's already so many churches in the city? You know, you might drive 10 minutes and see a dozen churches. Well, I was reading uh, some of the stats. Twenty about churches, church plants, church closings. Twenty nineteen uh, stats say that 
3,000 new churches opened. Seems good in the United States. When you, but then you read 4,500 churches closed. Mm-hmm. And that's a conservative number. Some say 12, more like 12,000 churches closed. And more happened since 2019. After oh, yeah, COVID. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. This is a problem only if you consider population increase in the United States. Right? Like, our population is doing this. Churches, this. There's not enough Christian leaders. I mean, this is exactly what happens around the world when, you know, we talk about unreached people groups. There's not enough people to reach the population. But it's a problem for more than that. This is another stat I read in a Star Tribune article. It says that one out of four, some say one out of five in the United States are claiming none as their religious status. And what's striking about those populations when you interview those people is that it's not that they're not spiritual or don't believe in God. In fact, the most of them do. They would say, I have a firm belief in some God or higher power. But the thing is, is that as you find out what it is that, that has changed their hearts and moved them away, is they're saying things like, I just don't get how God could allow this suffering to happen in my life. So What's the solution? They need somebody to shepherd them through that. They need the word of God to come in and help their hearts in those moments. Or they say, this ritual, it just doesn't make sense to me. One person I read, it said, my everyday life just doesn't, it doesn't feel like the Christian, these things are actually relevant for my life. And when I heard that, I was like, oh my word, like our mission statement literally says, we want to help people follow Jesus in everyday life, right? Like, help us, Lord, send us, like to this person. All down the the row, these people that I read, they're people that just simply don't have shepherds. They don't have Christians. They're a group of helpless people that that are being... Either they don't have somebody to help them or they're being misled by false teachers, false prophets. When, you, when I think of the 3,000 churches that I just heard about or that we just read about in 2019 that were planted, friends, I want to remind you that right down the street, one of those churches is New City Church. who is It's a United Methodist in name church. But friends, they're not a church at all. If you read, I, I met a couple of the guys, some guys just randomly in line at Manny's Tortas. Highly recommend that place. But <laughs> it's a global market. And friends, they were talking about theology. I struck up a conversation. I learned that they're a part of this young, growing church. They've already multiplied. They have another church. When you read about what they're about, what they believe, it is so grievous. It's so sad. What they're trying to do, it's literally the opposite of the gospel. There's no, there's no real... There's no gospel. There's no word being preached, and it's grievous. That's the, these are the churches that are being planted. And, you know, if you look down the street, you find all these different churches that exist in our city are just no longer, they're not teaching the word. They're not affirming the truth of God's word. They're, they're appealing to people that have tick, their ears are tickling, right? Is that the right way to say that? Yeah. Itching. Itching. <laughs> their ears are tickling. <laughs> Yes, there we go. (laughs) Our neighbors are not moving towards Jesus and his church, friends. The word of God seems to only be decreasing in our neighborhoods and city. And when I look around, the cry of Jesus comes out, Lord, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. 
And the Lord invites us to pray to the Lord of the harvest. To send out laborers into the harvest. The need, friends, is great when you consider why in light of all these churches. Why us when we're still such a young church? Well, first of all, this is not a varsity job to plant churches. I hope you understand what I've been saying all along. The the one-year-old Antioch church plants. Healthy churches, healthy organisms multiply. And Actually, we see that one of the signs of a healthy church is that it is multiplying. Not just, not just disciples of Jesus, but also churches. That it's multiplying churches. We want this to be in our DNA because that is this, a sign of, that we are a healthy church. Studies actually say that churches are healthier when they're, when they're multiplying. One, one said that... Uh, Church plants that launch daughter churches within their first five years average twice as many weekly attenders as churches that do not replicate. Now, churches' attendance is not our, our measure of success, but, but it, is, it does show something. It, has some, it measures something, and, and I think that we can see it's true in, in so many other areas. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, churches that are multiplying are churches that have been moved along by the Holy Spirit. And we see in Revelation that when we stop obeying God's word and stop doing what he's called us to do, he says, I'm going to remove the lampstand. And we see that happening everywhere. Churches are dying all over the United States. And it's not a bad thing because that is exactly what should happen when they reject the Holy Spirit. We want to be in line with the Holy Spirit. We want to see thousands of true churches raised up. Now, last question. Well, two more questions. Are we going to get left behind? I, I think that it's fitting and, and good to be feeling a tension like, man, I feel like there's so many needs right now. There's so many things that we need to do differently. And yes, amen. Our church is still weak in so many areas. Maybe you personally feel like, man, I don't, I don't feel like I have the right equipping or care. I want you to know that this will be stretching for all of us if we multiply, whether MCs or church plant, it will stretch us. And here's why we're giving this talk, because I want you to hear that it's worth it. It will serve you. It will serve this church. As gaps are left, people will, will come in. You, brother, Sung, you said earlier, I couldn't do it. I couldn't pastor. May God raise you to be a pastor in this church, my brother. Like, would the Lord raise up many of you to, to fill needs and to be anointed by the Spirit of God to do the good work that He's called us to, to multiply? Right now, we're also we're reading a book called Planting by Pastoring by Nathan Knight. And uh, it emphasizes the need for a church planning strategy that's biblical and not business-focused. We don't want to be entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs friends. We want to be shepherds. So we assure you and we hope that we've proven with our lives and our effort that we don't want to just rip this thing apart by like trying to get more numbers and, and whatever. That's not, our, that's not our goal. We want to be wise in the timing, in the place, in the who. Yeah. We wrestle hard over all these things. What Sam's going to share with you in the MC stuff. We, we think about all that it might mean for the individuals that, that might get you know, moved around and that sort of thing. 
All right, finally, what does it mean for all of you? This is sort of the application. Like, what do I do from here? First thing, pray with us. Pray with your family. Pray with your roommates. Pray that God would do this, that he would multiply us, that our MCs would multiply. We'd see new baptisms, that we'd see new leaders emerge, that we would see churches come out of this church. Consider also, number two, which MC or which people you think would be most strategic for you to be part of. We don't want you to just say, okay, they told me I should be in this MC. No, we want to actually back up a little bit and say, what would be most strategic for the folks? (laughs) What would would mean that they would bear more fruit for the glory of God? And I want you to consider that with your family, with your spouse, whatever. Consider individuals you connect well with and do ministry well with. Perhaps God would have you serve together to see the word of God multiply. We see Barnabas handpick Saul or Paul. Maybe, maybe God would have you do that. Consider and pray about that. Consider if we do start a concerted church planning team, consider if you should be a part of that in some way. And then lastly, the time is now for our neighbors, brothers and sisters. Let's open our mouth. Oh, that God would open our mouths. I confess, man, I just have not. I've said this multiple times in the last few months. Like, just I'm not sharing the gospel like I used to. Would God help us to open our mouths and that he would multiply his word through us? We want to see a city transformed, don't we? We want to see Jesus rocking our city and changing lives and saving the addicts and reconciling what is broken all over our city. And that is the ultimate cost here, that people people who are hurting and broken and and chasing their own glory would come to walk in their purpose that God has for them to glorify him and to find true life in Jesus. Father, we just pray that you do that through us again. We ask you move us along by your Holy Spirit to strategically reach the lost in our city. And would you please multiply us, God? We want to be a healthy people. Pray your kingdom come in and through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.